two days ago, President Trump announced that U.S. troops were going to be pulled out of northern Syria. What implications does this have? Now, a lot of us, maybe if you have no idea what's going on and what has been going on for years and years, would think, cool, let's pull out troops. War is bad. Well, not in this case, and that's not exactly what the purpose of pulling out of Syria is for the United States. The U.S. has fought alongside the Kurds, the Kurds being the group that is mostly responsible for the destruction of ISIS. And all of the sudden, the White House has decided to leave the Kurds to fend for themselves in a very dangerous area. The U.S., asked the Kurds to disarm themselves. And I'm sorry, factually, I'm not exactly sure when that happened, but I know that it happened. The U.S. asked the Kurds to disarm. So they did. And then the White House decided to pull out of Syria. So this means leaving an open door, open borders, open air for Turkey to invade Syria and begin an ethnic cleansing of the Kurds in Syria. So this is a lot to unpack because the Kurds have been victims of this sort of behavior since the beginning of time. They are the largest and oldest ethnic group without a state without independence, and they are spread out through the Middle East, mostly. But if you live anywhere in the world, it's likely that you know a Kurdish person, whether they are from Syria or Iraq or Iran or Turkey. So where to even begin with this topic? If you are a friend of mine or a listener of my podcast, you know that my father is Kurdish. He fought in the Iraq-Iran war. He fought against Saddam Hussein. He had to flee from that war in the 70s and ended up in the United States as a refugee. And he had to seek political asylum. And that's uh, how I became a thing, right? So I've been posting a lot on social media and and I, I do it mostly in an attempt to educate those who don't really know how deep this goes. Now a lot of the um, a lot of the conversation has has centered around how vile of an act it is to pull out of Syria in such a dangerous time because the Kurds played an instrumental, if not complete, role in exterminating ISIS. So pretty much what the U.S. has done, and my theory and many people's theories, is that Donald Trump is in bed with Erdogan, the uh, president of Turkey, who, (laughs) again, if you listen to my podcast, you know two years ago there was a huge uh, conflict between the Turks and the Kurds because the Kurds dared to fly a flag in Kirkuk, which is an Iraqi city. 
It's just, it makes zero sense. But it's kind of on brand for the U.S. government. Um, especially this administration. It just makes no sense. Politically, economically, it's just crazy. The U.S. or Trump essentially... Uh, with the White House press release when they made this decision and let it out into the public, promised that they had made an agreement and come to an agreement with Turkey that they would not uh, <laughs> commit any acts of violence toward the Kurds in Syria. And shocking to everyone or no one, Turkey quickly started airstrikes against Syria at the border. So if you don't know, Turkey is north of Syria, the northern border of Syria. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to get into the details of everything that's been going on. But the Kurds are U.S. allies. Turkish people have been committing genocide for a very long time. Educate yourself on the Armenians, for one, and you will see that they are barbaric people. Until 1991, it was illegal to say the word Kurd, Kurdistan, or Kurdish in Turkey. But... I'm willing to bet that it's still frowned upon today. Basically, if you're a Kurd in Turkey, and there are many, you're fucked. So, the U.S. decision to pull out of Syria basically gave Turkey the green light to invade and for the wave of genocide to begin. And, like I said, it happened almost immediately. Lindsey Graham known Trump apologist and lover, but I guess now he's not too into him, even vocalized that he did not agree with that decision, and a lot of Republicans did too. But it is my opinion that they're full of shit and the blood is on all of their hands. There have been many protests all over Turkey about this, but today we were awakened to news that an airstrike or many airstrikes were hitting uh, all over northern Syria and at the border. And guess what? There's no U.S. Army to defend them or to help them. There's a, uh, I guess, term that the Kurds uh, like to use or believe in that's brought up a lot. So the Kurds are mountain people, if you didn't know. And something that they've always believed and upheld is that they have no friend but the mountains. And I was just in the shower and I was thinking about all of this. And I'm having a very weird time with what's going on because throughout the years... I've, I've been, I've received many messages from my father 
who's currently over there, that um, a war is going to begin or just him warning me that things are not good over there and that things could get worse and just to prepare for the worst. Um, one of the last times or the most significant ones was in 2017 with the Turkey debacle over the Kurdish flag. There was also a lot of conflict, I believe, a year ago when uh, there was a referendum in Iraqi Kurdistan calling for the independence of Kurdistan, the only thing that they have been peacefully fighting over since the beginning of time. Anyway, so I got these messages from my father. They're normal. And it, it's just a weird limbo of having to be stressed about if my family is going to be wiped out. And luckily, at this point, with the current conflict in Syria, they're relatively far from where everything is happening. But that doesn't... That doesn't cause my deep... The deep pain that I feel and the confusion and everything to go away. Just because I'm not directly affected by it or not because... You know, just because my family isn't exactly where the conflict is happening. Aside from the fact that who knows what's, what this is going to evolve into. Maybe the conflict just continues to go south and south until the entire population is wiped out. I don't want to say these things. Obviously, I hope that it doesn't get that far. But whether or not that happens, the things that have already happened are way too much. So I was in the shower, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the term, no friends but the mountains. And I, I remember, and this is something I've always sort of held against my father, or just been, at the very least, annoyed about. But growing up, my father always told me, or I would go to him and I would say, my friend Ariana, my friend Ashley, my friend this, and I would name my friends, and he would say... They're not your friends. You don't have any friends. We're your friends. Your family is all you have, blah, blah, blah. And I've always thought that that was super... Like, Dad, it's not that deep. Like, chill. I get it. I'm gonna, you know... I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna... You know, of course, you don't want your kids to like trust anyone, things like that. Those are probably normal things to instill in your children. But I always thought that him telling me that I didn't have friends was really dangerous, like especially for a kid, right? And now as a 30-something woman standing in the shower reflecting on this and connecting it to no friends but the mountains, I think maybe that's what he was referring to. And maybe that's why he felt that I don't have or shouldn't have friends or whatever, you know? I don't think it was exactly that he didn't want me to have friends and just wanted me to be home and, and talk to him and my brother and my mom. I don't think it was that. I think the message behind that maybe has just always been no friends but the mountains. And that really shook me and led me to record what I'm recording. And that's why I'm all over the place, because emotionally it's weird 
to be half Kurdish, half Peruvian, American, whatever. Because I'm not really fully anything. I, when it comes to my Kurdish side, I don't speak the language. I, you know, I understand certain things. And I've never lived there, and I just feel this. At the same, at the same time, I feel a connection and a disconnection, and I've always felt it. And then in times like this of actual crisis, it's confusing because I like to be very vocal about how I feel about this, but then I, I share things, I share opinions, I share articles, and I think well, maybe it's not my place or maybe I'm not informed, but it doesn't matter. It's my roots and it's in my blood and I'm a Kurdish woman. And... I guess that's what I wanted to say mostly. Um, I guess I also want to read some tweets. So Chris Murphy had tweeted earlier this week before the actual uh, attacks began on the border, predicting them. Uh, he said, the U.S. convinced the Kurds to destroy ISIS for us, causing massive Kurd casualties. Then, we conned the Kurds into dismantling their defenses, promising to protect them. Now, Trump invites the Turks into Syria, green-lighting them to wipe out the Kurds. So that's kind of a pretty succinct summary of what's going on. 11,000 Kurds died fighting against ISIS alongside the U.S. troops. There are close friends and allies. I just can't think of any political or military logic behind the change of policy that Trump decided to enact this week. It just makes zero sense. So I also wanted to <clears throat> discuss... Um, and this is something very similar to the trauma that any minority goes through. Um, a tweet from Haujin Aziz. I believe she's a writer. Um, and I really, I really liked this, the message from this tweet. So she says, Can we speak about the collective trauma and psychological pain of constant wars, terrorist attacks, betrayals, and massive sacrifices we make as Kurds? From Assad to Saddam to ISIS to Erdogan, a never-ending cycle of genocides and terrorism for the sole crime of being a Kurd. Yeah, that, that pretty much summarizes how I feel. And to circle back on the no friends but the mountains message and my father telling me that I should never consider anyone my friend, it's really sad because that's my father telling me that and ingrain, trying at least to ingrain that into my brain was his effort in protecting me or that's what he wanted to do was protect me from the pain the collective pain and trauma that the Kurds have dealt with for throughout the history of being betrayed and he 
he knows that I'm not going to be betrayed in the sense of my city being bombed because I live in the U.S., but he knows that my form of betrayal or any form of betrayal that I would go through would be in the scale of having a friend backstab me or something like that. So I just think it's crazy how those things translate. So I wanted to make this short and just kind of talk about that. Uh, maybe in the next few days or weeks or whatever, I'll have the energy to talk to other people about this, maybe talk to family members, cousins, friends that I have that know more about the history and political implications of what's going on. Uh, but I just wanted to put this out really quick and uh, talk about that aha moment I had in the shower today. Yeah, I don't know. Today's been fucking weird. I feel awful. Um, love each other and educate yourself and um, yeah that's all I have to say for now thank you for listening Biji Kurdistan <laughs>